The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who is on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the page there. Bradley had the day off yesterday. I, I never know when he's going to do that until after the fact, but um, he, he put up his video, uh, The Awful Price of Freedom. Uh, for Memorial Day. So if you haven't seen that before, check that out on the left side. It's one of the short educational videos um, that he does. That is on the left side of the page. On the right side of the page is where we're streaming live. Just click on that. I hit the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. 
And then the bottom right-hand corner is a Rumble icon. Click on that and you can join us in the chat. We're also streaming on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe to our channel there. Uh, Beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, we're streaming there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, as well as Twitch at Setting Brushfires. And uh, we appreciate all of you joining us. By the way, for those who are in the chats, uh, I can see DLive. Something's kind of messed up. I guess I'm not seeing people on Facebook. Um, so sorry, guys, if I don't see your messages. Uh, I logged in. It kept saying, you need to... It was doing something I've never seen it do before. Uh, reload. I did that. I'm surprised anybody's sending any messages. But just so you guys know, if you send me something, you're in the Facebook chats, I, I don't see it. And Rumble, I see when I have to when I go off off the uh off the screen of the desktop that I'm showing you now. Right up when we're uh under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for a newsletter. Please do that and help us uh get information from the site out to people. We'll hit on some of those things in just a moment. Also, if you'd like to support us and you agree with our message, there's a donate button at the top of the page. Click on that and we make a one-time donation. Also, uh, monthly partners, if you'd like to support us monthly in an ongoing fashion, become a son or daughter of Liberty, click on that link at the top of the page and you can help us out in that. We, we really do appreciate you guys and your support. And then also our store is available. This week we are highlighting the Cowards Will Not Preserve the Republic t-shirt. Now they have some artwork on the front, uh, sort of a... Uh, must you know minute man kind of guy on there american flag and some guys in the background and then the famous phrase by elmer davis this republic was not established by cowards cowards will not preserve it these are normally twenty dollars we've got them in like 10 different colors i mean you know from your girly girly i call this girly girly heather something sunset or something i forget what it is to military green to blue to india to red to Heather Red and all this. Uh, I think Stephanie had some choices in some of these things, but they're nice shirts. They really are. Uh, and these are normally $20 this week only through Saturday at midnight. You can get them for 20% um, off with the promo code PRESERVE. Okay, So it's right there in the title. PRESERVE, use that. You get 20% off through Saturday at midnight. And these come from, these go from small to triple X uh, large. And the double and triple X large you're going to pay just a little bit more just because they're more expensive and there's more material and you get it, right? Um, so all of those things are there. Let me hit a couple of highlights here, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Then we're going to get in our topic today and bring in our guest. Um, first of all, just let me say, <laughs> yesterday, it's it, you know people in the chat were great. Uh, you understood my error. I, I said it for what it was. I own my error. And my problem was really with people who are trying to judge the intents of my heart. Because the Bible says that we judge with righteous judgment. When he says you <clears throat> judge not lest you be judged, he's talking about them trying to judge the intents of people's hearts alone. Only God can do that. We judge the actions. We judge the words that are said and such. And it's true. Jesus said, out of the mouth, the abundance of the heart, you know, you, you, the mouth speaks. So, so there are things that we can tell, but it, com it comes in a way in which we're manifesting that, whether it's our actions or our words, okay? So somebody says, oh, I'm not going to watch the rest of your video because you're too immature. You're going off on these people. You just won't accept the correction. Well, go read my responses. People corrected me. I said, thank you for the correction. I made that in the title, this, that, and the other, and said that. And, and this person, 
It just wants to go down the road of, oh, you're just this, that, that. Anyway, uh, but I do appreciate the correction when you guys point those things out. If I'm in error on something and I can see that, I really do appreciate that because after all, nobody wants to be wrong, right? <laughs> we want to be corrected. That's why God gives us one another. That's something we're going to be talking about today is community. The fact that God gives us one another to sharpen us, to to uh, encourage us and to build us up, not to tear us down. Sometimes there may be some tearing down that needs to take place in order to rebuild, but uh, he gives us one another to build us up. All right, so we're going to be talking a little bit about some of that in our uh, next series of prepping. Uh, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Could this be the clearest evidence presented by the Mockingbird Media that indicates the Texas school shooting was a false flag? Now, this is a video, and you guys listening on the radio, let me just tell you what it is. You guys who are watching by way of the social media platforms, what you're going to see is two reports, one from Communist News Network, the least trusted name in news, and then the other one is from MSLSD, okay? And they have two different men. And I want you to notice, notice the one with Anderson Cooper here. There's hardly any activity going on. They got all these trucks and they got one cop in the background. N no busyness at all at this alleged school shooting. And they interview two different fathers and they show the same girl as their daughter. All right. Guys, check this out. And you guys listening, just understand when you're hearing what's going on, they're showing the same girl as both these men's daughter. Now, is it possible these guys are sodomites and they, <laughs> they've done this thing? It's possible, but highly unlikely. Okay? Highly unlikely. Take a look. You're, you're holding a picture of, of your daughter. She, she had just won uh, an honor roll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she... And this guy seems to be the only one trying to show emotion. Okay, so there she is. She's your only daughter. Only daughter. Only child. Only child. It's hard to even. And then here comes the other. Wrap your mind around something like that. This is the last photo he has. Same girl. Baby girl. Two different dads. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. See, we're being hoodwinked. I mean, they aren't even doing a good job. They don't even have good people. Passing this off. I mean, I played for you the mother and father of the girl. They didn't, they knew how old she was. They didn't know what grade she was in. They called her the daughter. <laughs> um, no emotion. It's just, I don't know. The whole thing is just really, really weird. And I'm not going to get into things like no kids were killed. And any, I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying what they're presenting to us. Looks highly suspicious. Highly suspicious. Okay? Has all the elements of a false flag, and Amy was pointing this out yesterday. If you didn't catch that show and the one before it, wow, she's got some incredible information that you need to understand about uh, direct energy weapons, um, the voice of God technology that they've got where they beam these messages into people's heads. You can hear some of them. We played some of them for you. Uh, that she has extracted from videos and things of that nature. So be sure to check those out. I'll have uh, those linked in the archive as well. And then um, here's, an <clears throat> here's another one. No charges for FBI agents who covered for child rapists with 500 victims, allowing him 
to continue to prey on kids. Now, this is that guy. Uh, he was helping a lot of the Olympic team. Uh, Nassar, I think was his name. Um, this is what's going on. So he gets all of this. Uh, Larry Nassar, that's the guy. But the FBI agents who were covering for him, who were protecting him, get nothing. Doesn't that make them accomplices? I think it does. Because if you, were not, you or I were doing that, we would be brought up on charges. Make no mistake, that's what they're doing. Also, DOJ to investigate lack of police response in uh, Uvalde, uh, but it's not the job of police to save lives. Now, this is Matt Agaris. Now, what is he saying about that? Well, he's referring back to the Supreme Court, I believe it's the Supreme Court ruling, that said cops are not op morally obligated, and they are morally obligated because the command of God is you shall not kill. What's the positive aspect of not murdering your neighbor? Well, it is to preserve their life. Cops are both morally responsible, and since they are morally responsible for protecting life, they are lawfully responsible to protect life. Somebody wrote a great piece the other day on what are we going to do with the new cowardice among police? And they were talking about how it's a violation of law. And it is. It's a violation of God's law. Look, when Jesus took... I'm not going to get off on a whole subject, but when Jesus took and gave the story, when the guy says, well, who is my neighbor? How do I love my neighbor? And Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. We're all familiar with that, right? He gets two religious guys that go by, and they look, and they're, they're like, I got some duties down at the temple, man. I, I got I to serve God, right? Then you get the guy who is the mortal enemy of the Jewish people, the Samaritan guy, and he sees him and he has compassion on him, uses his oil and wine, pours it into his wounds, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the inn so he can be cared for because he's on a trip too, pays the innkeeper to keep him up a couple of days and said, if I owe you anything else, when I come back through, I'll pay it. And Jesus says, which one, was it the Levite? Was it the priest? Which one loved their neighbor? He says, the one who, who helped him. The one who took care of his needs. And he goes, then go and do likewise. You see, God is not interested with our religious ceremony. He's interested with our love towards him and our love towards our neighbor. That doesn't mean we don't go hear the word of God, we don't gather with the people of God or any of that. That's not what it's saying. But he often tells us if we've got a fault against our brother, what do we do? We're, we're there to give our gifts before him and the, the assembly of the people. We're to leave that gift. We're to go make things right with our brother and then come back and give the gift. Right? It's the practical things of real love for one another. That's what, that's what he's presenting. Anyway, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We also have five reasons why the food supply in the U.S. is going to continue to shrink. Please see some of our articles and some of the shows that David and I have done on gardening. Start building up, finding ways that you can do it. Whether you're in an apartment building, whether you're in a condo, whether you're in a house, whether you're in a... Uh, something else, I don't know, you're living in a tent somewhere, whatever, wherever you're at, find a way where you can start to develop, you know, a food supply for yourself. Um, that would be real wisdom put into action. Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com, don't trade real liberty for phony security. This is from, latest from Ron Paul. And then I've got two videos I'm going to show you here real quick. 
Then we're going to bring David on. Well, I already showed you that one. This one right here, this is interesting. Obamacare was set up to traffic children. This is, um, this is just really, really interesting, especially when you think about government taking your kids. We've talked about this time and time and time again. Take a listen. If I was to tell you that one of the companies in Washington that that attorney set up is a medical coding research company. What if I told you Obamacare was set up for one reason and one reason only, and that's to traffic children? Obamacare. It's the only reason it was set up. What if I told you that they invested so much money, they built three supercomputers in the university in Austin, Texas, that a mother can go to her gynecologist, find out that she's pregnant, and the moment he puts in the code, the child traffickers are following that mother, their pregnancy, they know whether she's going to get an abortion, whether she has a live birth, they follow the kid through the first few years of school, they know if it's got blonde hair, blue eyes, or red hair, green eyes, or whatever. And what if they got... It? Blood type, DNA, all your medical records. So Obamacare coding system removed doctor-patient confidentiality from the United States and the world. It, don't think it just happened here. It happened all over the world in every United Nations country when that was passed. We started it. So it's a five-digit coding system with over 80,000 codes. We call it medical kidnapping in this country. If you, you, I, I have parents that have walked into Phoenix Children's Hospital. And they can be up there with talking to their doctor. Their doctor writes stuff down in his notes. He hands it to the medical coding expert in his office. She takes it. She puts it in the computer. CPS and the Superior Court of Arizona leases space in the basement of the hospital. A red flag pops up on the CPS agent's computer down there. She has every medical record, the home address, the parent's name, everything. She can cut, paste, put it on her documents in order to remove, walk it next door to the judge, have him sign it, get in the elevator, be upstairs within five minutes taking the child. On what Whatever they want to think of. Yeah. Now, this is a former CIA agent saying these things, and the lady is asking questions like she can't. You know, I want to ask the person who's who's interviewing this guy. Have you not been paying attention to certain news items? And I'm talking about in the alternative media. Man, we had Diego Rodriguez on the other week talking about them taking baby Cyrus. I've told you my story about CPS invading my home for nine months, claiming that my wife and I were somehow medical, you know, we were negligent with our kids. We weren't. This is how they target people. And there's no recourse because they have this immunity in a family court system, it's not constitutional at all. You don't have you don't have to face your accusers. You don't have a jury of your peers. And yes, they are going after your kids. If you think that's just conspiracy theory, you really have your head in the sand. You really do. You can do a simple search. And I would recommend um Victor Portlier, who did the shows with me on history for on Tuesdays for an, a number of of months and uh you know sadly we lost him in um i think it was last year unless the time has gone by that fast and we lost him in 2020 uh, but him and his wife killed in an explosion their house completely destroyed um you know that was one of the things that he was he was pointing to was how they were doing these kinds of things and it's across different religions 
because those religions are held to, and we never got to get to the glue that held all the stuff that we talked to together, which was Freemasonry. That's, that was the thing that was holding all these different religions. And by the way, the Bible only uses religion, I think, in one place. That's in the book of James. And it's to clarify what pure and undefiled religion is, and that is to care for orphans and look after the widows and all these kinds of things. That's what real religion is. Otherwise, we have faith in, in God. We live a life before, it, before the face of God. That's really what our faith is about. It's not about a religion. It's not about being bound with ropes. It's about being free to love God and love man. And with that said, we're going to talk about, um, this is our fourth series, okay? Uh, we're going to have several things that we're going to do. Uh, we already know we're going to talk community today. We're going to do the show with Lynn tomorrow, and then on Thursday, we're going to talk about the different kinds of tree resins, because this is really David's specialty, what his family's been in for generations. And um, and then we're we're sort of deciding on what we're going to do on Friday. But community is probably the one thing. I've only had one guy that I've seen in the Prepper Network who actually talked about community, and this was Ryan Croft. He was with Amendment Arms. He created the Joshua Mark V. By the way, I've got Two of those. One of them is a prototype. One of five that you can get. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move out because our family needs the money. Uh, so if you're a gun collector and you want it, just hit the contact and message me, and we'll we'll talk about that. But it's one of five guns, okay. And then the other one is a first production of the Joshua, which I think there's only about 150 of them in existence at all. So yeah, I'm trying to do that to uh, try to help family. But but Brian was one of the only guys who who went through and was trying to make his community prepper friendly so that they kind of coordinated together. And you can see some of that on his, on Doomsday Preppers. If you guys remember that show, Ryan was on that and he showed people what he was doing in the community up here in Asheville, North Carolina, just across the line from me. And uh, so with that said, we're going to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, my friend David Pruitt from themiraclesav.com. And uh, good morning, brother. Good to see you. Blessings, brother. Blessings. Yeah. And we, I was joking with uh, with David. I said, it must be cold there. You got that that uh, that skull cap on, which I would rather wear than this thing. You guys have seen mine. Uh, it's just more comfortable. It's not. This hat holds in too much heat. And the little skull caps let a little out so it doesn't get too hot. If I wear the, um, the winter caps, they call them winter caps. Stephanie and, uh, and Bradley call them winter caps because they're up in Minnesota. I call them a toboggan. And some of you guys up north, you use a toboggan to sled in the snow. Uh, I wear that thing in here. It ain't going to stay on my head about 10 minutes because I'm going to be pouring sweat. But uh, the skull caps are nice. Anyway, David, it's good to have you back. And you believe this is going to be probably our biggest show on the prepping issue because we're talking about really a biblical concept. And that is in preparedness, it's not just, you know, me and my AR out here, or me and my hoe or whatever the thing is that we're using for our, our prepping. It's me and everybody else around me, my neighbors, that we're going to include in this. And this is a very biblical concept that Jesus says, uh, all men will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. And I think that encompasses what we're going to be talking about right now in community is our love for one another. Yeah. First off, let's define community. I went and looked up. Um, I was up 
very late last night working on this. And I think it's going to be good. And I went and looked up in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. They define community as, one, the first definition is a unified body of individuals such as the people with common interests living in a particular area. Okay. So think about, think about this for a second. Community is whatever you want to make it to be. Um, you know, that's a very broad definition, very, very broad. So from a biblical standpoint, I think we need to think about Proverbs 27, 17. You know, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Community is not just about, you know, it's not just about feeling good and everything. It's about helping one another out, being a support structure for one another and uh, doing nice things, um, building the kingdom. You know, we're supposed to be light in dark times. And we're, we're going to get to that some more. But I think during hard times, there are a few things we need to focus on as Christians. And we really haven't done that. I mean, if you, I mean, ask yourself how many people have talked about this at, at churches? How many people have talked about the community starts with you? It doesn't start with your neighbor. It starts with you and your actions because you only have control over your actions. You only have control over what you're doing. So, firstly, you need to be a strong man or woman in your faith. Um, and this is, this is my way of looking at things. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am because the word shows us time and time again that we are strengthened through our faith because we walk by faith, not by sight. And the stronger your relationship with the Father, our Heavenly Father, that is, the stronger relationship you can have with others. And, you know, in John 14, 6, um, if you'd like to go get your Bible out, I will turn to John 14, 6. And by the way, uh, I think uh, Mr. Wordsworth has a great word here. Community, common unity. That's a that's a great way to put it, man. I mean, our common unity around the faith. Uh, Jude says it's the once for all delivered to the saints' faith. So Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So that's John Fourteen six. So, if you want to have a strong relationship with the Father, you have to have a strong relationship with His Son. And I think that this is something that I think we we don't talk about that nearly enough in in any kind of um, faith building exercise. Is that our relationship? It's not how much scripture you've memorized. It's not how many good deeds you do to get recognition from others. It's what you do in secret. It's what you do without recognition. And the word speaks on that a lot. But 
Secondly, I want to remind everybody that we are called to have our citizenship in heaven. That means that we are set apart. Holy means set apart. Amen. That trans- That's right. Apart. That means that we are supposed to be peculiar. We're not supposed to be like the rest of the world. Um, you know, I'm pretty politically neutral. Um, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I look at things from a very different point of view. I look at things from a, a very kingdom mindset um, because the Bible is supposed to be our instruction manual, basic instructions before leaving earth. Um, and in Philippians 3, 17 through 21, if you'd like to turn there with me. All right. I'm getting there. Brethren, be followers to gather um, together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom, whom I have told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. See, there's a differentiation there. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Okay? So, we are completely set apart. That, that, that's something that we, I don't think we talk about that enough. You know, most Christians are so conformist that, you know, they go to a, they go to a building and they think because they went to that building, that makes them a good Christian. I've, I've met people. I've, somewhere I've got an audio recording of someone. And every time I listen to that, it's such a humbling experience. I have someone who I listen to over and over again. And this woman told me, I'm the best Christian I know. I am better than any other Christian I know because I do this, because I, well, and I just sat there and I go. <sighs> well, David, see, David, isn't that, isn't that like what Jesus says when he points out the Pharisee and the publican who go into the temple? And while the Pharisee's beating his chest going, God, I'm glad I'm not like that dude over there. And I'm glad you love me. And my daddy's Abraham. And my pedigree goes back a long way of people of faith. And blah, 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 blah. And Jesus has said to those kinds of men, you're not of your father, Abraham. You're your father, the devil. And meanwhile, this publican, this guy, I don't know any other way to say it. And I, I think you would probably agree with my assessment. This CPA of the day, <laughs> um, who's been stealing from his neighbors, who's been going along to get along, he, he sees, if people point him in the right direction, he knows what he's doing is wrong in many cases, and yet he's doing it for the gain, he's doing it so he keeps his job, blah, 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 
And he says, woe unto me, you know, have mercy upon me, a sinner. He's beating his breast over there in the corner. He won't even show his face. And God says, which one goes down justified? It's not the Pharisee. It's not the guy on the outside that you think is this spiritual holy person. It's this guy in the corner who's groveling down there going, please show me mercy, Lord. And I, you know what? I know what that experience is like. Oh, show me mercy. I, I don't want to come under your judgment. I know what that's like. Nobody had to lead me through a prayer for that. Nobody had to walk me through the quote-unquote Romans road for that. The Spirit of God confronted me, as Ephesians 2 says, made me alive. And when he made me alive, he opened my eyes to see my own sin and the holiness of God. And I wanted God's mercy. So I think that's exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah, and, you know, to, to hammer the point home some more. John 18, 36, Jesus answered them saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Let me repeat that again. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then, my, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Amen. So when we're talking about community, it all starts with you. And you, you have to realize that we are not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are strangers. We are sojourners. We are, we are just here temporarily. Pilgrims. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't, but let's, let's, let's clarify because some people are going to get, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I really like this phrase. They get so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Some people say that. Um, I don't know that you can be so really authentically heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. If you're heavenly minded, you are earthly good. That's the whole point of what, what this show is going to be about, is if we're heavenly minded, we're going to be earthly good to those around us. Yes. And so to, to speak about heavenly minded things, I'm going to divert from all my notes. Everything in the kingdom is ass backwards from everything that you've, you've seen in the world. You see in the world, it's in cheating, stealing, um, you know, uh, politicians, you know, they do what they, they say one thing and do another. You know, these are, these are how you get ahead in the world system. In the kingdom, it is in giving you receive. The meek shall inherit the earth. Think about that for a second, okay? Everything is completely backwards in this world from the kingdom because the kingdom is righteousness because there is only one righteous judge. That's why it's so important that we have this conversation today. And we will, at, at the very end, I have something that I think will really help put some things in perspective for everybody because you really... I don't think that you can have a kingdom mindset until you realize what your job as an individual is. No matter, you know, for they hated Christ first. He said, take comfort in these things, for they hated me first, right? That's what he said. You, you will be hated by evil, but 
that is, you know, we're supposed to endure till the end. That's part of being a good soldier of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the third thing I really wanted to touch on is that, you know, if we're going to talk about strong community and everything, it starts with strong individuals. And the third thing that you really need to know is that we are not to live in fear. You know, Matthew, Matthew 10, 28. Yeah, and by the way, let me, let me throw this in too, David. Um, one of the things in Matthew 10, 28, we're going to bring that up here on the screen. Um, one of the things that, you know, gets me about the community is used to in America, you know, now we see they just start developing, they make developments, they build a bunch of houses. In America previously, and some of you have seen this sort of illustrated in the movie The Patriot, the church was built first. That was the center of the community and the houses were built around it. And that was so the preachers could preach to the people as Ephesians 4 says, there are certain gifts that are given there for the building up of the saints, for the edifying the body, for the equipping of the saints, for ministry. See, your minister is not the guy standing in the pulpit. He might be the, he might be the bishop, the pastor, the elder, whatever. But the real ministers of the community are the people themselves. And just like a basketball coach goes out and he teaches the guys how to play basketball, what the formations are, what how they're set up, how they're going to run their you know, game and everything else. If the if the coach goes out on the basketball court during the game, what happens to him? They throw him out, don't they? He's to train the guys to play the game. The same happens within the kingdom. There are men that God has gifted to give themselves to the word of God in prayer, and they're to teach the others to minister. That's, for the large part, that's you and me to go out and play the game, if you will, to, to do the deeds. We're to give ourselves to those things while they give themselves to these things in order to feed us and equip us so that we can do what we're supposed to do. So with that said, you've got Matthew uh, chapter 10 here. Yeah, uh, verse 28. And fear not, this is Jesus speaking here, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. Okay, so when we talk about not living in fear, you see, fear is a prison. It's a, it's a type of slavery used by evil. Evil loves using fear. You see, the fear of God is a, is a profound respect because you do things out of love. It's like if you have a loving father and you act out, there are going to be repercussions for that, right? As, as a loving father disciplines his sons or, or daughters, that discipline is out of love because you want them to learn lessons while they're young so Amen. they don't have to learn the hard way, okay? So when we say don't live in fear, we're, we're talking about, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, that's a profound respect. That's a, you know, being in awe of the power and the, and the love you see, we are given a choice to love our Father. We're not, he doesn't come to us and tell us, you will love me, period. He says, well, you can love me in my way. My way is righteousness. Or you can depart from me, and there will be repercussions. 
So in Matthew or first John 418, get there. Okay. So here is first John 418. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Okay, then we go to Matthew 6, 34. 6. Yep. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of its evil thereof. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. Now, David, I can just hear people now. They're saying, well, wait a minute, you guys, this is a prepping show. We're prepping for tomorrow. The Bible says, you know, the, the man sees the evil days approaching and he prepares for them, right? He, he's a prudent man. The, the yes. prudent man does this. So what what's going on here? Because I think the idea is we see these things, we prepare in the here and now, but we're not guaranteed the next five minutes that we live. So I think that the idea that, that Christ is teaching here is that we're not those that are, are groveling and wringing our hands. You and I have had many conversations of, boy, I don't know what's coming this week, or boy, things have been really tight this week, or we're not living paycheck to paycheck, we're living day to day. You and I have had those conversations off air, but we don't wring our hands over it. We recognize it's there, but we try to do our best to do things, to put things into place so that tomorrow, so that we drive those fears and those worries away and we trust in God that he's guiding our steps. Yeah, and, and this is part of what community is. It's iron sharpens iron. So as one man sharpens another, you know, it's it's uh, strengthening one another in your faith. It's it's being a strong individual so that you can have strong relationships with others. And even when you know, even when even when times are tough, that's when you know who you really are. Walking by faith, not by sight. Um, yeah, amen. So, worry will not add to your life, you know. Um, it might actually take away from it, according to what we've learned from Kate, because you put a lot of stress on your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I, I was going to go over Matthew six twenty seven and in that you know that's something I, I don't think we necessarily have time to go into that but you can go look into that it talks about like you know worry they're talking about worry there okay um, this the all of chapter six is pretty much on the teachings of worry and you really ought to go read that put you at peace um, now. Now that we've talked about worry and everything, now that you've put the worry aside and you put the fear aside, I think that we need to talk about Ephesians. 
And I think you know what part of Ephesians I'm going to talk about. If I can find, there it is, Ephesians. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. Okay. We're in chapter 6, verse 10 and 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle... I'm going to continue on because this is an amazing chapter that I have, I've been amazed at how few Christians have actually read this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt up with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all uh, perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make know the, known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. You know, I think, I think that this is something that we don't talk about enough. You know, we, uh, you know, in community, you hear people talk about, oh yeah, you got to network and um, you've got to become friendly with people and all this. No, what you need to do is be a strong individual. Strong individuals draw strong other individuals. That's right, and build strong relationships. You see, when you have a strong relationship with the father. You can have a strong relationship with your wife, your husband, whatever the case may be. You can have stronger relationships because you know who you are in the church. You know who you are in Christ. Okay. So the next thing is I've, I know that things have been so hard for so many people. And... I was I was debating adding this in because I always get someone who is full of hate because I will tell them that you know sometimes trials and tribulations are not they're a learning experience for us and many people get very upset with me when I say that I'm not saying that 
that God did it to you, but he can take all the evil that's done unto you and turn it around for good if you're called according to his purpose. That's right, Romans 8.28. See, people forget that little called according to his purpose. That's right. And in James chapter 1, verse 3, well, we're going to start in verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbridleth not, and it shall be given to him. It's pretty powerful, powerful verse. Or a couple of verses there. So, when you're rejoicing in trials, it's not—it's not that you're supposed to be sitting there going, "Oh yeah, I'm loving this storm." What what you're sitting there and you're going, "Wow, there's peace in the middle of this storm. I'm in the eye of the storm." You see, Jesus overcame death. He raised men from the dead. You know, if you go to where Jesus was buried, he's no longer there. You go to like where Confucius is, you go to where all these great philosophers were, they're still sitting there. Jesus is That's right. That's right. So what do you have to fear? You know, you think about Lazarus. Think about the that that's an amazing story. You see, when you lose fear and you no longer live in fear, there's, there's nothing that, that can scare you. You see, and that's the problem is people live in fear. And fear is a tool used by evil empires. You know, the Romans did this. They persecuted Christians. You know, many, the Chinese are currently doing it. They love killing Christians. <laughs> and, you know, when the fear is gone, there is there's this beautiful peace that comes over you. See, the peace of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know, the fear of the Lord. A lot of people say the fear of the Lord. I would say that peace is what comes out of a great respect, i.e. fear of the Lord. That's right. Because you can't have peace without knowing that eternity is a very long time. A very, very long time. Well, David, I, you know, when you're bringing that up, I think about my own children. Um, you know, your children have a healthy respect for you. You've laid down the, the, the rules. You are, you are God to them on this earth, so to speak. You're, you're the ambassador for God, if you will, um, to them and instructing them. And you demonstrate to them what God is in the process of all these kinds of things. And so when we talk about the fear of, of the Lord and teaching that even to our children, we do that through means of of discipline. Sometimes it's going to be some very firm correction. Sometimes it's going to be the corporal punishment of a spanking or whatever the case may be. But you're letting them know, wait a minute, you didn't get away from this thing. I, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something that is helpful to you so that you will not uh, endure some kind of situation whereby you're destroyed by it. And any parent that loves their, this is why it drives me crazy 
when I pull up the thing to set up our Rumble channel in the morning, we come up on the MSN uh, news channel. And there's all this celebrity stuff. I, I just, for the life of me, I don't get the mentality of everybody wants to know what's going on in celebrities' lives. I just, I don't get it. I, I mean, I really don't. But we see these celebrities bringing their children out, not disciplined. We, we see some of these having their little boys dressed like little girls. Little girls act like they're little boys, um, you know, acting out and all of this stuff and then trying to justify it as though this is the way you raise children. And we see the fruit of that in society when these kids grow up who've been neglected or abused or whatever the case may be. And now they act criminally rather than lawfully and in love for their fellow neighbor. I, I just, I, you know, we do that because we love, and God is a loving Father. He disciplines us in the same manner. We can look at it like what you said. We can look at it as, oh, you've just abandoned me, or we can have peace in the midst of that to know that God is working even these bad things that we see all around us together for our good because he called us and he saved us according to his purpose. Yes. And and this is why I'm I'm trying to I know that someone's gonna not agree with me out there and I really don't care if they agree with me. We don't have to agree on everything because we will all be corrected before the Father one day. All of us. Every right. knee shall every tongue shall confess. And I think the next thing we need to talk about is I need to strike this point home again. As a strong man or woman, you build strong relationships with other men or women, your children, everyone. That builds strong ties. Those strong ties build strong, resilient communities. This is why America, during, a, like, uh, if you look at uh, post revolutionary war, we, we had a strong sense of who we were. Very strong sense. You, you read many of the founding documents and stuff. That mentality carried on for many years after that. The slow decline of America started happening when people, uh, you know, soft times make for soft men. Now... I think Tim is going to like the next the next talking point I have quite a bit. And we've touched on this, but I think we need to really strike it home. We have to talk about what I've actually had pastors tell me that it's the least glorious of topics. Charity. And I think Let's hang on there. <laughs> we'll close out the show, and then uh, we'll pick up. Catch David. Look, go to David's site, themiraclesab.com. Themiraclesab.com. Use promo code Sons of Liberty. You'll save 10% off the tree resins and the other products he has. We're going to continue on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and catch us in the morning at 6 a.m. Adios. Boy, I barely got that out. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, coming over from Red State Talk Radio. I thought I still had a couple of more minutes because I was watching the clock and I was doing some things over here while I was listening. So uh, welcome, everybody, coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, uh, David, go ahead and continue your thought there. We're talking about charity and community here this morning. Okay, so this is a verse that I'm sure someone will be offended by, but 
I think this uh, I think this book tends to offend a lot of people. So, chapter thirteen, First uh, Corinthians, verse thirteen. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Do you know why charity is such an important thing for Christians? This is something that I. I don't think, unless you've had hard times, I don't think that you can appreciate charity. Not like, not someone who has been hungry can appreciate a meal. Someone who has been cold can appreciate a warm fireplace. Someone who has been mistreated can appreciate kindness. You see, charity is something that a lot of people, they, they don't get it these days. Not, not like they used to. See, it used to be that we would do nice things for our neighbors. And charity is doing things for a righteous reason, like just helping people because it's the right thing to do. You see, if the church, his people, were as charitable as they pretend to be, now I'm not saying everybody, but there's many people who pretend to be charitable and are not. Charity is something that is so important for building community, and here's why. What better way to show the love of God than charity? You see, like I, like I said before, everything in the kingdom is completely backwards from what you're taught on this world. You're programmed. You are programmed from cradle to grave to believe in things that are not right in a biblical sense. Charity is the right thing to do. You know, America, for many, many years, America, like we prided ourselves on being charitable. You know, during the Great Depression, many churches and things like that helped people in their community that were less fortunate. Now, if charity is the greatest virtue of those three things, what can we do as individuals? What can we do as churches? What can we do as men and women? What, what can we do as individuals to, to really show people the love that our Father has shown for us, you know, by providing a roof over our head, by doing all this. Um, and I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm expanding my garden because I want to help as many people as I can. Um, I give away a bunch of plants, just gave away some raspberries and some gooseberries. Okay. Think about this. If you or your church has a big plot of land, big green, grass, right? What could you do with that if you were to turn it into a food forest? How many people could you feed if every church in America put, you know, a huge um, permaculture lot out there or something along those lines? What could you do? How many people could be fed? You see, I think that we get so caught up in, um, in, you know, 
this, uh, you know, the white picket fence with the big, uh, the big lawn perfectly cut, <laughs> all that, that, that we forget something very important. The important thing is that the church is supposed to be a pillar of hope in dark times. His people. And I think, I think that we need to go back to Matthew because I think it's so easy to forget what we are called to do. Matthew. Let's go to chapter 6. If I can find chapter 6. Five, six, or I'm sorry, five, chapter five, verse 13. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. See, if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, salt preserves. In biblical times, it was used for preserving food, fermenting, lacto-fermentation requires, well, it doesn't require salt, but it, it's the most common thing used for lacto-fermentation in my experience. Um, you know, salted uh, meats, salted fish. Salt is such an important... You know, You ever heard the term... Are you worth your salt? Yep. Is a man worthy of his salt? See, salt used to be a, a, there was a value put on salt. Even nowadays, cattle salt is still used a huge amount in cattle operations. So if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, what are you preserving today? Okay. Well, that's no. A, no, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point. And also, when you're talking about charity, you know that has been so distorted to mean just giving somebody a handout. And the Bible really doesn't know anything about a handout per se. What it knows about is keeping the person's dignity. For instance, when you when you glean your fields, you're to go through them one time. Whatever's left behind, you leave for the poor. The poor come and say, hey, could we glean the fields? We're hungry. Yeah, you can do that. And so they had to go work for it, but they were free to go do that. So it didn't diminish them as a man, but it allowed them to do it. And then you were charitable. You were, I, I'd rather use the word you were loving. That was what people would more understand. And by that, you were being an example of who God is, who the scripture says is love. He, is, mm -hmm. he doesn't need us to love. There is love within the Godhead. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit love each other, and they, they have no need of that. And that's how he can be said that he is self-sufficient. He is the great I am. He's not the great I was or I will be. He's the great I am, and he is love. And so we're to demonstrate that we're to be like our Father. Yes, and when, when I talk about charity, I'm talking about a different sense of charity. I'm talking about, um, you know, letting the Father lead you as to what He needs you to be doing. Because, you know, there are going to be there are going to be people who are called to do different charitable acts based on what you have. Okay, because not everyone's growing a huge garden. Not everyone's growing um, a bunch of stuff. You know, 
So those who aren't doing that, maybe you have a skill and maybe you could help someone who's less fortunate this year. Uh, maybe, you know, one random act of kindness can change the world. And, you know, if everyone cared a little bit more, oh man, the world would be such a great place. Oh. So I want to end. This is the, the final the final thing, thought I want to leave in people's minds. On community, because once again, it comes down to individuals. Communities are made up of individuals. And I think, I think that this is a, a verse that I, I don't hear, I've never heard this preached on in community, and I, I think it was the most profound thing that, that I've, ever, I've ever experienced. So in Luke chapter 11, verse 33 through 36, this is Jesus speaking. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that thy which come in, in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part of darkness, the whole shall be full of light. As when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Okay. If we're supposed to be, if we're supposed to be a light, you know, we're, you see, when the best way I've heard it described is that when you screw up, that's on you. That's your sinful nature. When you do good, that is Christ acting through you. Amen. And the reason, the reason I read that to you is, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and I have heard some, everyone is going through trials and tribulations nowadays. And, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, I keep hearing people, and I've repeated this, and I'm sure we all have, that these are dark times. They may be dark times, but we are children of light. Where light prevails, darkness fails. The final chapter has been written. You see, if you read this thing, you can read the final chapter. You can read it. It is finished, he said on the cross. Where light prevails, darkness fails. And that's why community is so important. Community starts with a single individual. See, this is why, this is why the word has been diluted. This is why. These big mega churches have to have someone to preach the word to you because they want to dilute it down so that you can buy your way into the kingdom. They want you to think that you can buy your way into the kingdom. You can't buy your way into the kingdom. Nothing you have can buy your way into the kingdom. You see, salvation was a gift freely given. Freely given. There were terms and conditions that came along with that gift. You have to accept it. 
It's not by your own righteousness that you are saved, but by his. See, this is why community is so important, is where strong individuals are, there's strong community. This is why the word has been diluted down. This is why. This is why people don't like talking about the word because it makes them uncomfortable, because they love their, their comfortable little lives. And sometimes we have, to, we have to say uncomfortable things to get people thinking the right way. You need to be thinking of a kingdom mindset. What are you doing for the kingdom today? Eternity is a long time, a very long time. That's why community is so important. That's why we're supposed to be, you know, if you, want to, if you want to win people to the kingdom, if you want to build community, it starts with a single act. Every journey starts with a single footstep. Charity. I want to touch on this one more time. Do you know where, do you know where people experience Christ? Is it the mercy seat? It's when there's mercy. You know, when people, when people are shown mercy and they don't have a right to it, many times, just by being kind to people, even when they are despicable to you, you can change their attitude. Many times, you can plant a seed, and that seed will blossom. I have seen People I never thought would turn to our Father have turned to Him. You know, we are beacons of light in times of darkness. These times may look grim, but I'm telling you right now that what you're seeing is nothing compared to what's to come. Amen. And you should take comfort in the fact that he made provision for you. That we're not to worry. We're not to have fear. He made provisions for us. Now, a wise man prepares for what he knows is to come. Mm. But just because we prepare does not mean that we live in fear. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people, when we talk about some things that are very serious— of a serious nature that we have to deal with. So, be, oh, you're just fear mongering. You're no, we're not peddling things like COVID and stuff like that out of fear. What we do when we pull that, we pull the curtain back, is to show you there is nothing to fear. But when we're talking about like food shortages and things like that, we're not saying be fearful. We're saying be wise, prepare for that. When we're talking about community today. We're talking about hey, let's not separate ourselves from our neighbors. Let's get to know our neighbors. Let's demonstrate charity by our love for one another. How can we help you? Oh, you lost somebody in the family. Let's go visit. The Bible says we weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Let's take them something just, you know, out of the blue. You know, maybe invite them over to the house for a meal. The Bible says, you know, when it sets up the, when it uh, sets the parameters and the character for a bishop, it says he's to be hospitable. He's to be having people in his house. His house is to be used up and beat up and everything else for the glory of God, right? Uh, some people used to come in our house 
Uh, and, you know, kids would come in and our house gets trampled and everything else. And uh, they would go, oh, you don't mind that? No, I don't mind. I mean, our kids do it, too. But it's it's home. You know, it, it's 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 like a, you know, your jeans don't feel good until they get worn out a good bit. Right. You get maybe a couple holes in them or something They get good and comfortable. And about that time, they're about ready to throw away because they're rotting off your body. But that's what home's supposed to be. It's not necessarily supposed to be this pristine thing that you walk into. It's to be this dwelling where real love exists among the people of that dwelling, and they open it up to others. And I think that's the way the father does us. We read about the prodigal son. The prodigal son went out, you know, wasted his his inheritance in the world. He was so humble that he was out there eating the slop with the pigs. And said, man, I had it good back in my daddy's home. I'll just go back and see if I can be a servant. And dad's like, no, nah, I'm not having any of that. You're my boy. Get some get some clean clothes on this kid. Put a ring on his finger. Let's have a party. He's come home. And I, I think people miss some of that, David. I, I was listening to an interview the other night, and I'm thinking about what you said there. It was uh, on VigilanceElite.com. And again, I'll warn people, there's some language on there. There's some seals that are talking. It's rough. There's some rough language. It's not they're they're in an angry mode or something. It's just it flows off their tongue sometimes. But they had the guy's wife on. He had just went down this dark road. A lot of things had happened to him. And she said, I was writing him about his drinking. I was writing him about you know him not being here. I was writing him about this, that, and the other. I was always on him. And she said, I came to the realization that God is... I forget how the, the words she used, but God had been gracious to me. I was going to show him compassion, and I was going to be gracious towards him and approach him in a different manner. And she said, as soon as I began to deal with it like that, he began to respond to what I was leading to. This is why, while I may can say some things that are firm and straightforward, like what the Scripture says, I know what it is to be a sinner. And so I can have compassion on other sinners and say, wait a minute, I had this issue too, but the Lord delivered me from that. Or even maybe it's something now that I'm dealing with, and the Lord is delivering me from that. I know what it is to experience those things, and so therefore, you know, I, I like what one of the old preachers said, I'm just a beggar showing another beggar where there's you can find bread. And I think that's part of the compassion, part of the love that we have is we spur one another on. You mentioned sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron. We want to do that. Why? Because we're not trying to be like the Pharisee over the public and we're not trying to step on him to climb the ladder. We're trying to bring him. We're trying to bring him up for wherever God brought us up. And hopefully there's somebody above us who's trying to bring us up to where the, the Lord's brought them. And that way we come to the unity of the faith. I think this is what Mr. Wordsworth had in mind. Ephesians 4, that's what the gifts are there for, is so that we all come to the unity of the faith, the once for all delivered to the saints' faith that Jude speaks about. Yeah, and you know, it's just such a, it's amazing. I stayed up to make four pages of notes stayed up last night you know i'm praying about it and everything and i'm thinking you know i tore up i had like a lot more notes than that written on community and i tore all those up to speak about this and i think this is more important what we're talking about right now making strong individuals is more important than talking about 
how to build community because if you are a strong individual, people will be drawn to you. That's right. You know, um, and I, I think that there's, I think that there's some kind of misconception. Like, you know, um, I, I remember a friend of mine, he, uh, he used to say, uh, real men, uh, real men are willing to do what is necessary when boys are not. Yeah. And that also calling one another out on our, on our shortcomings, on our everything, you know, it's, it's that we sharpen one another. That's what community is about. That's why America is in the place it's in today is because, you know, we've lost our sense of community. Have you seen how divided people are? You can't even have a conversation about politics. Absolutely. You can't, if you talk about something, it's you're a hate monger or you're this or you're that. And that's not what it's about. You see, without a free exchange of ideas, without hate, without preconceived notions, you see, the thing is, is that I don't have to force my, my beliefs on you. I don't have to force my beliefs on you because you'll want to see the world as I see it because it was miserable before I saw it the way I see it today. You see, when, when you start looking at the world and you realize how screwed up it is, how evil, and you see it for what it is, you know, you, you go, just turn on your, your television for 10 or 15 minutes and watch some politicians talk. And you will see how disgusting the world has become. You know, they, they, uh, they don't care about their fellow man. They're, I'm sure that there are a few. You know, I, I, there are some good guys like Ron Paul out there. Um, I think he's the only honest politician I've met thus far. And I think that there's one other verse. That, that we need to read before we we go today and that's uh john um uh, is that first john well i think it is first john i might have written it down um john 14 no it's got to be there so it's 14 verse 12 that's what i wrote down Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So, everyone who says, you know, uh, I love how people say, well, with the faith of a mustard seed, you, you can move mountains. Yes, but you have to start walking in faith. Faith is walking in faith, not by sight. It's by knowing who you are in Christ and knowing that, that you, can, you can be full of love. And, you know, being full of Christ is also having a, a righteousness about you. When you see evil in the world, you call it for what it is. Not Democrat or Republican, but right or wrong. Not... Um, Republican or Democrat or Democrat or Republican. It's not about titles. You see, titles are used to confuse you. 
See, when we, when we simplify things down, you know, many times Christ, when he used parables, he simplified things down because it really isn't that complicated. Walking in faith is knowing who you are in your Father and letting that light shine. You know, no matter what anyone says about you, no matter what any, you know who you are in your Father. You know that you are set apart by him who's in you. You see, David, when David faced Goliath, when David faced Goliath, he knew that God was a thousand times, well, many, many orders of magnitude greater than anything he could even comprehend. So he knew that this giant who stood before him had no comprehension on what was dwelling within David. You see, David knew the power that he was walking in. I think that's the problem with many Christians today, is they want to talk about power, but they don't comprehend it. They don't actually walk in faith. See, walking in faith is being. It's being fearless. It's, and it's not that fear doesn't sometimes creep in. It's not that, you know, you're going to have moments of weakness. But the longer you are on the path, the easier it becomes. And that's why community is so important, is because we strengthen one another. We strengthen our faith in one another. That is what it's all about. Yeah. It's about it's about the legacy we leave behind. Yeah, David, one of the things I'm thinking about when you're you're talking about they don't understand the power they're in, it's probably because of those who are their coach. I was making reference to that before because Peter tells us about those guys. He tells us in Second Peter chapter two, he said um the he's talking about false teachers. In verse 17, he says, These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, not through the scriptures, not through the power of the Spirit, or any of that, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. And then he says this, While they promise them liberty, they themselves, the false teachers, are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. Not liberty, but bondage. And, you know, it, you know, it goes on, it says, that for if we after have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. And so you're exactly right. Uh, Christ has saved us. In order that he, and I read this passage, I think it was yesterday when we had Amy on, that he might conform us to the image, or God has saved us, that he might conform us to the image of Christ. And was Christ some weakling? No. I, I know a lot of people paint him that way, as though he's just gentle Jesus who is sort of effeminate and, you know, pansified or whatever. But he was a strong man. Now, he didn't have anything that made him stand out apart you know, if you looked at him, the Bible says there wasn't something that made him stand out different than other men, but he was a man. He was a man's man. He was not, you know, I'll have the soy latte with whatever kind of thing. He's not that kind of guy, right? 
He's a man who said what needed to be said. And when it came to doing, whether it was the cross, whether it was the binding of the cords to drive all the evildoers out of the temple, uh, the money changers, or whatever the case was, he was ready for the task to stand up and do it. He was a man's man. And he demonstrated that was real love. It was either love for men, giving himself on the cross, or it was love for God by driving out the money changers out of the out of the, the temple. Uh, so he was a man's man. He's one that we should look at as a real example of what a man should be. I agree. I agree. And I think that I, I think that's the problem is they paint um they paint Jesus as a as a man who just sat there and took whatever you see he was righteous when when others mistreated him he showed uh he he showed more taste and more uh more restraint than most but when he saw unrighteousness see there's a righteous anger that came over him because how dare you defile my father's house you see it wasn't about him it was about his father it'd be like your son coming to your house and finding men defiling your house, turning it into a whorehouse or something like that. You see, there is a righteousness that comes with um, a righteous anger that comes with removing yourself from the situation and it not being about you or your ego or anything like that. It's about you see an injustice and you speak out against that injustice. Yep. Yeah. Amen. David, do you want to give a, a final word here? Because, you know, some people are probably coming in and they're going, OK, wait a minute. I thought we were talking prepping and you're talking about community, but the community has to have a foundation. It can't just be you're going to just slap a bunch of people in there with a bunch of worldviews and a, all this chaos in it, because that's what you're going to get is chaos. We're of those of this of, of a mindset that says we want people of like mind. And maybe you're not of like mind, but you're willing to learn. We'll take you guys too, because you know that's what we're called to do is to disciple the nations. And I, this is one of the things that I told my pastor. Um, you know, I, I think I shared this with you. I told my pastor the other day. I said, I want the foundation of what we start here in our community with the militia, and the common law, grand juries, and stuff like that, to be Christian, explicitly Christian. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's going to be Christian. That's, that's what, what our foundation is of our community. But we want unbelievers to come in, too, that we might disciple them, that, we, that they might see Christianity is not just this thing that we think about in our minds or we show up at church and we sing about or whatever. It's something we do. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is a, it is a do, is a do issue in life. And we want them to understand that. And this is how the Bible applies to these things that we're, we're dealing with. It's real stuff uh, that has real implications, and we're looking for real fruit to come of that. So I think this is very important. But what I want to do is I want to give you the final word here. And if you would, um, tell people about your site. I want to let people know David and I had a conversation. He's not one to go out and sell his products. That's not why he's here. Uh, I've asked him to come on just because he has a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. And David says, I'm not the end all. I'm just here to maybe give some things for people to think. And you guys get that. Uh, but David and his family, they do have a ministry. It's largely due with tree resins. Uh, David is fourth generation. His kids are going to be fifth generation, I believe, if I understood correctly, uh, in that business. And uh, so, David, 
if you want to give a final word of exhortation about the subject we've got, and then you want to point people over to your site, and then if you go there, use the promo code Sons of Liberty, and you'll save ten percent off of any of the uh, the products that they have there. David. Okay, so the reason community starts with the individual is because with a community is like uh, think of individuals being the foundation of a house. If you have a if you have a bad foundation, if you build your foundation upon sand, it will not last. See, we want to build our foundation upon rock. We want to build a strong foundation, strong communities for a strong America. You can't build a strong foundation without moral absolutes. Um, and the problem is, is we live in times that everything is relative. You know, there's so much relativism in the world these days. And without strong community, you know, you can't do everything yourself. Oh, well, you, you can survive, but you will not thrive. See, we were, we were meant to help one another, to build community. You know, um, Adam... It was no good when he was alone. Um, the father had to make him a companion. And you see, we are not meant to be alone. We're meant to be able to share and love and experience this wonderful, you know, think about the, that spring breeze when all the flowers are in bloom and that wonderful scent that comes off the orchard. All those blooms, you know, the almonds, the cherry blossoms, all that, that scent, that beautiful scent. Think about how far we are from the, the creation, how far fallen, and how beautiful it still is. See, without strong foundations, you can't have strong community. So that's why I focused on the things that I focused on, is I, I don't see anyone else going, I don't see anyone talking about this. If, if there's someone else talking about uh, preparedness and a sense of community like I am, I'd love to see them. I would love to hear what they've got to say on it because maybe we can learn something from one another. Sadly, there are many who, who think that uh, you're going to do everything by yourself and you're the lone wolf and you're, you know, that, that really isn't what, how much, what an unfulfilling life that would be. To be that selfish, to want to just be one man surviving out in the wilderness. You see, we are supposed to be light in dark times. We're supposed to be hope. Salvation is hope. You know? That's right. And I think that this is something that we need to talk about, that we as Christians need to talk about. You know, as, as times are more trying, as, you know, people are working two, three jobs just to keep food on the table. You know, gas is at, you know, four something a gallon. Um, and it's not going down anytime soon, it seems. So times are trying people. People are at their wits end and they need the hope of the gospel. Amen. And I, I think that that is that really is, is that's the only thing that matters. You know, everybody, 
You can go look at Jordan Peterson. You know, he was a he he didn't necessarily believe in God. Um, totally changed his tune. You see, the Father is pouring out His Spirit upon the the world, and there are many who just need encouragement. They need to be sharpened. They need they need help. They need a helping hand. They you know, and we as we as believers can be a blessing to this world. That's what we're called to be, is a blessing. We're not supposed to be, and I, I'm sure I'm going to offend somebody out there, but we're not supposed to be the Joel Olsteins of the world living in, you know, multi-million dollar houses. And then when a, when a catastrophe hits, say, no, we're going to close up our church. We don't want anybody here. No, nothing to see here, you know, and leave it empty. You see, we're, we're to be the salt of the earth. Salt preserves. We are supposed to be preserving integrity, preserving faith, preserving righteousness. Because where light prevails, darkness fails. That's right. And I think that you really need to focus on is community and, and how you can become a stronger individual to be able to show love for your neighbors, to be able to show love for those around you. Amen. Amen. Uh, David, tell people where they can find out more about you and uh, the new preparedness site, too. Okay. Um, OperationPreparedness.com. We are working on content for that. It's going slow, but we are working on that. And uh, you can also go check out our ministry, Pruitt's Tree Resin Ministries. Um, You can go over there. We are updating things constantly. It's just we're very small. We're, uh, We're doing the best we can. Um, but you can, if you'd like to support our ministry, you can go there. We've got, you know, our folic and humic acid kits. We've got the tree resins. Um, if that, if that's something that interests you, we would really appreciate you supporting us. It supports us. It supports Sons of Liberty. Um, yeah, you guys have we, activated charcoal. You got, you guys have all kinds of stuff and you're developing new, uh, products as well and so uh, and people don't forget use sons of liberty as your promo code one word and you'll save 10 percent. that's courtesy of dave and his family to our listeners and david we we really do appreciate uh you taking time to come on with us and spend your time you'll be doing it hopefully lord willing on thursday and friday we're going to have some more conversation about this get us thinking about things that we can do you know one of the things that i'm thinking of is is when you're when you're mentioning this and again, I think it needs to be stressed over and over and over, especially in our our culture, because love means a whole lot of things. I love my French fries. I love my, you know, it's just goofy things. We quote unquote love. And, um, and yet Jesus, here's what he tells his disciples. He says, John 13, he says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Well, it's not new that God's given that in the commandments. That's what it is to love one another. Is you don't steal from your from your neighbor. You don't uh, dishonor mother and father. You don't murder. You don't commit adultery. You don't covet. You don't bear false witness against. You know. So those things are there. And he says, "As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And by this shall all men know that ye are my what? My converts? No, you're those who are learning from me. You're my disciples." If you have love 
one for another. And I think that's really what we're talking about. And again, the only person I've ever heard talk about community was Ryan Croft, the developer of the Joshua, uh, Mark V. Only guy I've ever heard talk in prepper in prepping about community. And it was centered around loving your neighbor as yourself. There was a biblical foundation. And then his development of that was the practical aspects of, you know, different people doing different things while they're, you know, prepping for their own families as well. So I, I think this is uh, something that, that preppers need to put into their mind because you really don't want to be a prepper out there all by yourself when, how's that one guy say it? So I can say it in a nice way. The peanut butter hits the fan. Okay. Uh, you don't want to be that guy out there just by yourself because all of the other guys, the hyenas and stuff that come after you, they're going to be all over you. You're not going to have enough guns to take care of those people. So you you need that community, and God has made us in such a fashion that we can do those things. Um, I wanted to give a little shout-out here to John. John is in uh, the Rumble channel. Uh, you see him as Sons of Liberty Media. And, John, we really appreciate you, man. I just, I just want to say this. John goes in there. He grabs all the scriptures. He puts them in there. Uh, he grabs links and he puts them in there while Bradley and I are doing the show. Uh, he also uploads to a couple of other channels, our videos, YouTube and some other things that I don't get to. I, I upload to like four other things, four or five other things. And he does that for us. And John, he does it. He just asks, can I do it? And I said, yeah. And so I, w I wanted to just let people know that John behind the scenes is doing this at <laughs> <laughs> All right, Salt. I I get it. Uh, I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be polite with my words. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, John, uh, for what you do. People don't know that, and he does it behind the scenes with no gratitude or anything. But you know, the Bible says, "Let another praise you." Uh, I'll, I'll toot your horn, John. Uh, thank you for what you do, brother. We really appreciate you, David. Hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air, uh, guys. Catch Bradley at three. I think he's going to be on today. <laughs> Got into this the other week where he didn't do any shows. I think he's going to be on today. So uh, catch him then. Th uh, tomorrow, this is Tuesday, right? Tomorrow, right into the core Wednesday, the Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor is joining us. And I saw where Lynn had all of her hair cut off. <laughs> I don't know if she was doing something uh, for somebody, if that was a charity thing, or she just wanted to get rid of it. She's cut her hair off. Uh, she's going to be with us, Lord willing. And then David, uh, Lord willing, going to be back on Thursday. And if you guys want to understand tree resins in your prepping thinking, uh, that's David's expertise. And so we're going to be talking about tree resins and some things of that nature that he carries at his site and how that can be beneficial to you. And until then, see you.